today we're considering that we celebrate Christmas by how we respond to the truths about Christmas. Last week we talked about we celebrate because of how Jesus came and the week before that we celebrate because of who Jesus is and really these two truths uh, are hanging in a sense upon one another. That he is who he is in a sense because of how he came. So this morning we continue through Luke's gospel chapter 1 beginning in verse 38. Hear now the word of God. And Mary said, Behold, the bond slave of the Lord, may it be done to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. Now, at this time, Mary arose and went in a hurry to the hill country, to a city of Judah, and entered the house of Zacharias and greeted Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby leaped in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. And she cried out with a loud voice and said, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. And how has it happened to me that the mother of my Lord would come to me? For behold, when the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the baby leaped in my womb for joy. And blessed is she who believed that there would be a fulfillment of what had been spoken to her by the Lord. Would you pray with me? God, help us in the, the brief moments to come to pause for just a moment and to reflect back upon the great wonder and mystery and truth of Christmas and to ask ourselves afresh, have we received the gift? We ask it in Jesus' name, amen. It remains for us to answer this question about Christmas. We, we know that the gift of Christmas is Jesus because it is God coming on a rescue mission for fallen and depraved and sinful humanity. But the question that remains for us to answer is how do we receive, how do we receive rather, the heaven-sent gift of God's Son? Just eight days from now, children and grandchildren will be scurrying underneath Christmas trees, and you won't have to give them a lesson on how to open their gifts. My precious bride taught our children how to read from a very early age, and I think Elizabeth was two. She may have even been one, I don't remember, but it was quite early when she could recognize her name on a package. And what a curse that was. <clears throat> because she, she, I mean, she'd get up, Oh, dark 30, run to the Christmas tree, find every package that had her name on it, get it in a pile, and she was ready. She was chomping the bit. I mean, we, if we'd have let her, we could have been done, we could have been done with Christmas by 6, right? And, and I still wanted to be sleeping at 6. But once she could read, she knew which packages were for her. But I'm afraid when it comes to Jesus, there are so many people in our community there's so many people throughout the Roanoke Valley, there's so many people around the world that they think just because they've heard the name Jesus or they've read some stories about Jesus or maybe they get out Luke's gospel at Christmas time and they sit around the story of Christmas that somehow that means that they've opened the gift, the treasure of Christ and, and that's not how you open the gift. You see, you've got to understand that Jesus came not just for the world and not just to redeem his church, he came for individual sinners like you and there's a package and it's got your name on it. You've got to open it to receive everlasting life. 
You see, when God sends Jesus to bless us with everlasting life, there's three things that we see when we truly respond to the gospel and open the gift. First, we humbly surrender to the Lord through belief in His Word. Secondly, we hasten to be with others who share in the same gift that we found in Jesus. And finally, God confirms His work in us through others who are filled with the Holy Spirit. First, we humbly surrender to the Lord through belief in His Word. Mary's response to the gift of being the mother of the Lord doesn't go to her head, it goes to her heart. Too often we look at Mary and we think, well, I'll never be like Mary. But actually, Luke is showing us Mary so that we will be like Mary. Mary is an example. She's exemplary in the way that she responds to God's message of grace. She says to God, I'm your bond slave. Do with me whatever you wish. And as God's handmaid, Mary accepts openly what God asks of her. That's what belief looks like. It's what belief in the word of God looks like. God, you do with me what you will. By calling herself a bond slave, Mary is saying essentially, my only hope comes from the Lord. She's not a bestower of grace or of righteousness. She's a receiver of it. And God has especially graced her to bring the Son of God to the watching world. She receives God's blessing once and for all. Verse, 30, verse 42. Not as one who deserves it, but as a slave. This is a word of complete devotion and dependence. And it's not a word just for Mary, by the way. It's a word that Peter tells us characterizes every disciple of Christ. In 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 16, speaking to the church, he says, Don't use your freedom as a covering for evil, but how do we use it? As bond slaves of God. You see, there's no true or lasting fulfillment outside of living for and delighting in Jesus, the Master, the Lord, and the King. We can humbly surrender our will to the will of God. Why? Who does that? Who says, God, I'm your slave. Do with me what you will. Why would we ever say that? We can say it because God keeps His word. He keeps His promises. Do you see what Mary says in verse 38? May it be done to me, how? According to your word. Then, after Elizabeth has confirming this faith, if you will, in Mary. Elizabeth says, blessed or happy is the one who believed what? That there would be a fulfillment of what the Lord had spoken to her. To be a slave to the Lord, to truly yield our lives and gives our lives over to Christ, we've got to believe that God honors what He has said. He's given us His perfect word that we might know that He is perfect and while we are not, and that we might trust in Him, that we might lean into Him and give our lives to Him. Why do we preach God's word week after week? Why, why, why do we do that? Why not tell some fun stories and go home or chit-chat about whatever, the, the news or the latest movie? Why do we anchor our worship in the word of God? It's because we must believe the gospel, the good news, the word of God in order to open the gift. There's no such thing as Christianity or saving faith without the sure and unchanging word of God. In other words, we don't bend God's word to fit our culture. We live lives that are forged by the word of God as we challenge a broken culture and show them the enduring beauty of the gospel and its Christ. Mary believed the Lord was good on His word and at great risk of what other people might think, 
or perhaps even losing her fiancé Joseph, what does she do? She says yes to God. To receive the gift of Jesus, we must believe God's word about Jesus, and we must do it as a slave, in grateful and humble dependence upon God. We know that Mary received, if you will, the gospel because of her immediate obedience. Look at verse 39. We see that Mary went in a hurry to see Elizabeth. And Luke's point is that real belief in Christ, when you really open the gift, it leads you to immediately obey God. And it also produces a desire for Christian community. Did you, did you know y'all are weird? I mean, we're, we're weird, right? We, we believe a crazy story. God made it all. We messed it up. And God came to rescue us by becoming a baby conceived in Mary, to be born, to grow up to a man, to die in our place, and to take our sin upon himself, and to be raised on the third day that we might be raised up with him in the last days when he comes Again, in other words, if you believe that story and that is the anchor of your life and it forges and informs who you are and what you do and what you believe and what you see, you need to be with other people who see that. So when Gabriel departs, where does Mary go? She goes to the only other woman on the planet who can identify with her supernatural pregnancy. Elizabeth, the formerly barren woman who's well past the age of bearing children and is now six months present. Uh, pregnant with John the Baptist, that's where she goes. So it is with the church. When God supernaturally works in your heart to make you alive to the saving presence of Christ in the world, He compels you to want to be with others who will understand and rejoice and encourage you in this revolutionary new way of seeing the world. That's what the church is. It's a community of crazy weird people who've been delivered and saved and rescued by an amazing God. So how is it that we can be like Mary today? Now that Christ has come, He's died, He's been buried, He's been risen, and He's ascended, and He's gathering His people, the way that we hasten to identify with the people of God today is upon our profession of faith is by being baptized, by being united with the local church. And there are some of you here this morning that You've prayed the prayer, you've asked Christ to be your king, you've said I've surrendered to you as a bond slave, and yet you've not yet identified with his church by being buried with Christ in baptism and raised to walk in newness of life. And some of you this morning, your resolution for 2018 needs to be, I'm going to get off the sideline, and I'm going to go all in, and I'm going to join a local church, and I'm going to be fully vested there, and I'm going to identify with the people of God who are weird just like I am. Now, there are reasons that we might delay baptism in the life of a child as we make sure of their salvation, that they really understand the gospel. But in the case of an adult or a, a, a teenager who understands the gospel and has trusted and yielded to the Lord, why would you put off baptism? If you've said to God, I, I am your bond slave, why wouldn't you hasten into the community of others who know what it's like to be a slave to God, the great joy of being his bond slave? To, to say that I belong to God, but I want to put off baptism is like saying I'm a crazy Hokies fan without owning a single Hokies t-shirt. I mean, are you legit? You see, when Jesus has changed you on the inside, you want to show Jesus and the world and the team that you are enthusiastically committed to 
that you're all about their work. The work of declaring and displaying the gospel and the glory of Christ all throughout the earth in your marriage, in your life, in your parenting, in your Sunday school class, in your Bible study, in your relationships that you are all in. And when we hasten to be with others who are weird like us, God does something incredible through that. He works through the other weirdos out there to confirm His saving work in us. It's amazing. Look at what happens. God takes Elizabeth and uses Elizabeth to confirm for Mary what God is doing in Mary. You see, when we're united with Christ by faith, it's something others will recognize. While God's work is deeply personal, it's never something that is entirely private. Mary's greeting, when it reaches Elizabeth's ears, John leaps within her for joy, and the Spirit opens Elizabeth's mouth to interpret what God is doing and to confirm His plan. Mary wasn't crazy. It wasn't a bad dream. She hadn't eaten a bad piece of pizza. God had placed her in a permanent state of blessedness, not because of who she was, but because of the child that she was going to bear. You see, God's plan is so incredible. Look at what Elizabeth does in verse 42. Do you see where it says that she cries out with a loud voice, or she exclaims this truth? Now, I've got a question. Six months pregnant, carrying the prophet of the Lord, you may not think of Elizabeth as an excitable personality. But sometimes, even if you're an introvert, even if you don't like to get excited about something, the truth is so glorious and so wonderful and so powerful that you can't just flatly say it. You have to exclaim it. And the reality that Christ has come and He's come on a saving mission to the world is a truth that we don't just say, yeah, Jesus came. Congratulations. It's something that we should exclaim. It's something that we should delight in. Do you suppose it's all right for the people of God to get a little bit excited when we see God work? When we see that Christ is, if you will, conceived in others by the indwelling presence of His Holy Spirit? The Holy Spirit reveals a truth so wonderful that it must be exclaimed. In verse 42, Jesus is called the fruit of Mary's womb. Why is He called the fruit? Now, in your translation, it might just say child or baby, but in the Greek language... The word is fruit. And when you hear the word fruit biblically, it should cause you to think about several different things simultaneously. The reason that he's called the fruit is because he is the way that humanity can re-enter, if you will, the garden of God, which abounds with the fruit of God. Do you remember on the third day what God made? He made fruit-bearing trees. What were fruit-bearing trees for? They were to nourish humanity. But what did we do? We rejected God's provision. We rebelled against God and we partook of the fruit of the tree of knowledge of good and evil. And we were banished from the garden, cast out from the tree of life. And we needed, from that day forward, we needed a better fruit. We needed the first fruits of the resurrection from the dead. We needed the firstborn over all creation. We needed the vine in whom we abide and we will bear much fruit. Jesus is called the fruit of Mary's womb because he's the son of promise through whom the fruitfulness of God's forever blessing would come. 
And although no other woman on planet Earth would ever have the privilege of physically carrying Jesus in her womb, the reality is we can all know the blessing of carrying Jesus, if in a sense, within us by being united with Him by faith. When we trust in Jesus, the Spirit of God indwells us and activates a relationship with God Almighty and allows us to take Him to the watching world who needs to know Him. So when God blesses us with salvation through Christ, we will humbly surrender our lives to Him by believing in His Word. We will hasten to be with others who understand what God has done in us. And we will experience God's confirmation of His presence in our lives. How? Through His church. You say, well, I I don't really know and feel and enjoy the presence of God. Begin with being around God's people. You say, well, how can I respond to the truth of Emmanuel, that God has come to save us now? I submit to you there's really only one of two things that you need to consider this morning. First, Jesus, the gift of God, has come. Have you received Him? Have you given Him your life? And like Mary said, behold, the bondslave of the Lord. Let it be done to me according to to your word. And if that is you this morning, if you know that you know that you belong to Emmanuel, God with us, and that his presence abides with you still, don't give up on the local church. Don't give up on the community of God. For it is in the dynamic of men and women and boys and girls and teens enjoying the fellowship of the gospel that God continues to confirm within us his saving work that he will accomplish He will surely accomplish the good work that he has begun within each one of us and within his church. So as you respond this morning, I invite you, if you've been sitting on the sidelines, as you enter 2018 to say, I'm going to be a committed local church member. If you know Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior and have yet not been baptized, to come and say, 2018 is the year I'm going to identify with Christ and his church in baptism. And finally, for some of you, who still don't know that you know that you know that you've opened Jesus Christ, the gift of God, that you would come and say, Behold, the bondservant of the Lord. Would you pray with me? Our Father and our God, we thank you for your grace and your mercy given to us at Christmas in the most miraculous and astounding of ways. And I pray, God, as as we sing our closing hymn, that any who need to respond in faith, that they would come. In Jesus' name, amen.